When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big money at Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Hemp Present, the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly Reefer Radio Rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement and beyond. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I'm the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 25th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present is singer-songwriter Michael Brewer, one half of the renowned folk rock duo Brewer and Shipley, who will be joining me in about 120 seconds. While every generation can refer back to their time of youth as being a unique, distinct period, that helped to shape and form the principles, values, and ideals that make them who they are today. Those of us who lived through the 1960s can really embrace the idea that our time was different. The anti-establishment cultural phenomenon that developed first in the U.S. and then the United Kingdom eventually spread through much of the Western world, bringing turmoil, change, and introspection to a world that was not quite ready for it all. The conformity of the post-war 1950s had been replaced by irreverence, experimentation, and self-expression as new concepts and ideas transformed into resistance against the values of the establishment. By 1970, there was a great experimentation taking place as young people explored different ideas of sexuality, communal living, diet, and lifestyle. The civil rights movement was making huge strides against the white prejudice and Jim Crow culture of the South and beyond, as the women's rights movement was beginning to coalesce against male dominance. The environmental movement was beginning to gain major traction, and the anti-war movement to stop the carnage in Vietnam was in full stride. In the year 1970, Black Sabbath's eponymous 
debut album was released, setting forth a legion of doom-laden power chords to come. The Who recorded their Live at Leeds album, and a jury found the Chicago 7 defendants not guilty of conspiring to start a riot at the 1968 Democratic Convention. And a bomb being constructed by members of the Weathermen Underground exploded, killing three members of the group. In the year 1970, the My Lai Massacre took place in Vietnam. The first Earth Day was proclaimed, and Richard Nixon signed the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act, banning cigarette ads on television. In April of 1970, Paul McCartney announced that he had left the Beatles via a press release. And in the next month, the Kent State shootings happened where four students were killed when, a, when struck by Ohio National Guard bullets during an anti-war protest. Later that year, Jimi Hendrix was found dead of an overdose of sleeping pills, and Pink Floyd released the album Adam Heart Mother, their first number one album, and an album that many of today's Pink Floyd fans probably doesn't even know exist. Also in 1970, a song released from the folk rock duo Brewer and Shipley shot to the Billboard Top 10. Known for their intricate guitar work, vocal harmonies, and socially conscious lyrics, Mike Brewer and Tom Shipley have created a vast collection of music over the decades, including their hit song, One Took Over the Line. And I'm very fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley with me today on the Hempresent Hotline. Welcome, Michael, to Cannabis Radio. Well, thank you very much, Vivian. Wow, listening to all that, I remember all of that. Boy, it makes me feel old. <laughs> oh, I am old. That's right. I forgot. I, I hope that we get a lot older, Michael, and it becomes a big problem for us both. <laughs> well, I do too. I just had I just had my seventy second birthday last week, and Tom Shipley had his seventy fifth birthday two weeks prior to that. So we're geezers. We well, are I'm definitely a... old hip. That's the best kind, old and in the way. Your signature top ten song, One Toke Over the Line, has touched just many millions of lives since it was released in 1970. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are, including that just after having fun, that Shipley uh, had overindulged in some ha- hashish and says, hey man, I'm One Toke Over the Line. I also read that while rehearsing backstage, if someone hit a bad note, they'd say One Toke Over the Line. What's the true story? The true story is the hash part. <laughs> in fact, it was both of us, not just Tom. Yeah, we were playing a little club in Kansas City, and we were getting ready to go on for our final set of the evening. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We are tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line, and I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. And just off the top of my head, I started playing and singing, One toke over the line, sweet Jesus. And the next day, we got together, and we were thinking, well, you know, what was that we were messing with in the dressing room last night? And in about an hour, we turned it into a song. And i got to tell you, we literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. We, didn't, we really didn't take it seriously at all. And we were surprised when it became such a big hit. First of all, the first time we ever played it was at Carnegie Hall. We were opening for Melanie. She had a brand new set of roller skates at the time, as I, as I recall. Anyway, we opened for Melanie and went over quite well, got several encores, and basically ran out of songs. So we thought, well, let's do that new song, and we did, and everybody loved it. And Neil Bogart, the president of Buddha Records, who were Bogart, that's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, Neil Bogart, president of Buddha Records, was there, and he came backstage and says, oh, you guys got to record it and add it to the album. We were working on an album called Tarkio at the time. So we did, but it kind of took us by surprise because, like I said, we seriously didn't even take the song seriously. And next thing we know, they released it as a single, and it was shooting up the charts, and we were in big trouble with the Nixon administration. 
according to the vice president, who named us personally on national TV one night, we were subversives to American youth. So I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to all your listeners for ruining their lives with our song way back then. I have read, Michael, where you said that you all considered cannabis a sacrament at the time. How do you feel cannabis today? I feel exactly the same way as I always have. I just can't believe that it's taken this long for some changes to finally come about. It's ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous, as we know. It's ludicrous. In a way, being released in 1970, one took over the line could almost be seen as a reference, intended or unintended, to the excesses that came from the experimentation of the 60s drug culture. Is that at all accurate? Yeah, there's a certain amount of that in it, for sure. In fact, we used to say, you know, it was really a song about excess, you know, because that's what it was. We had one too many tokes of that hash, so yeah, we were one toke over the line. We're into triple digits now, by the way, Vivian. Wow. You know, it's not the first time I've heard of a song that was kind of a novelty song that somebody kind of wrote for fun to to play around, never really intending to have it on an album and turns out to be the big hit. The funny thing is, is, you know, by the way, I'm a huge Brewer and Shipley fan. I was, you know, I was listening to you guys back when you wrote that song, even though I was, I was only a young teenager. Most of your music doesn't sound like one took over the line. It's really not that symptomatic of, of the style of most of your music. Is it interesting that that's the big hit that you're known for? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, you know, I get, you just never know, do you? You know, we had no idea what was going to happen with that song, literally because, you know, we, we didn't even take it seriously. Who would have guessed that it would, first of all, have been so controversial at the time? We made Nixon's hate list, which... And it, and it was, was banned. Your, 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 your song was banned on, on a lot of radio stations. It was banned, yeah. Yeah, because drug was, the Nixon administration had the FCC threatening radio stations with their licenses at the time if they didn't censor so-called drug lyrics in rock and roll. We viewed that like the equivalent of burning books. You know, it was just ridiculous and because it's the public airwaves and there is freedom of speech and, and all that. But yeah, it, it was banned. And in fact, a lot of stations didn't play it because they were worried about their repercussions. But thanks to numerous very brave radio station heads who decided to buck the system, along with a whole lot of people because their phones were ringing off the hook wanting to hear it, they played it anyway, and it became a big hit. Who would have guessed that all these decades later, that song is still played all over the world, and it's in movies and on TV and in books. The phrase itself has become part of the vernacular, I'll swear. Well, for instance, the new pope was moving into the Vatican, but the old pope was going to remain living there. Stephen Colbert did a thing one night, and he said, folks, first time in 700 years, there's going to be two popes in the Vatican. Does that mean we're one pope over the line, sweet Jesus, one pope over the line? Well, now, how did you feel when the Lawrence Welk show did, sang a version oh, of the the line and called it a Christian spiritual? They didn't even know what the song was about. Did you know they were going to do your tune? No, we had no clue. In fact, we were in London at the time, and we, when we heard about it, we didn't even believe it. We are going, you've got to be kidding. Lawrence Welk didn't do, our, do one toe girl line. And 36 years later, we finally got our hands on a copy of it, and we're responsible for it being on YouTube. I would like to tell everybody, check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's hysterical. It's called Token with Lawrence Welk. But, yeah, there it is. I mean, Dale and Gale singing one toke over the line. And Lawrence Welk referred to it as a modern-day spiritual. Too funny. Well, you know what? This was all happening at the, exactly the same time Nixon was trying to ban it. So that's how ridiculous the whole situation was. 
and then pretty soon the Grateful Dead started performing it. So Tom and I figured we've got to be the only guys on the planet who ever wrote a song performed both by Lawrence Welk and Jerry Garcia. We've got to be, you know. That's something else. I am speaking with Michael Brewer of Brewer & Shipley. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause because they're flaws and laws. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Northwest Alternative Health, Eugene's premier medical marijuana clinic, is proud to sponsor the Oregon Marijuana Business Conference. Are you prepared for the changes in the recreational and medical marijuana markets? The OMB presents the state's top industry experts, along with over 40 exhibitors, and features a keynote by Dr. Carl Hart. Also, tickets include a celebrity interview and private after-party with the one and only Tommy Chong. Join us Sunday, April 24th at the downtown Eugene Hilton, and be a part of Oregon's fastest-growing industry. Check out OregonMBC.com for more details. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's orders. Less heat, Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. I give you Jasmine Huff. Tell us a little bit about Jasmine. Give us the good news about how you've gotten to where you are today. Like all good children, I rejected my parents' values and and ran off to become a capitalist in New York City and did a lot of work with an organization called Women 2.0. Looking at the cannabis industry, I said, you know what? Here we have a brand new industry. It's going to be a billion-dollar industry. And the rules of who leads this industry and who funds this industry haven't been written yet. Good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with Michael Brewer of Brewer & Shipley. Michael, how has the music industry changed since the early days of your career, and what advice would you have for young singer-songwriters seeking accomplishments like yours? Wow. You know what? It has changed beyond belief. I don't even recognize it anymore. If I was a young person today trying to break into the business, 
I wouldn't even know where to start because it's just it's just a different animal completely. You know, music. There's not even called songs anymore. They're called files because of the internet and streaming and downloading and everything. And it's just it's. I'm afraid I'm out of the loop. You know, it's, it was so long ago that I wouldn't even know where to begin. And, and to give anybody starting out advice, I'm being frivolous, but to quote a good friend of mine. Always take your wallet on stage. That's <laughs> why <It's quite, laughs> <it's quite laughs> Now that's a good but piece anyway, of advice yeah, right there, man. Yeah, no kidding. And I can testify to that because it, uh, you know, more than once in dressing rooms, you know, my wallet and or hotel room key was in my pocket or my guitar case, and after the show, find that they were gone, and so was everything in my hotel room. I don't mean to be frivolous, but. It's a hard question to answer. I mean, I don't even recognize it today. But then again, I don't even recognize what people call music today either. Maybe it's just because I'm old, but it's just there's so much of it. It's just all about the bright lights and the smoke bombs and the choreography now as opposed to real talent. I mean, I know there are a lot of very talented people out there who don't need all that. But to me, it's just all show and no artistry. But that's Is, that's is there anybody... Me. Is there anybody you're listening to today that excites you? Oh, well, yeah. I was about to say, there's plenty of good music out there. God knows there's any kind of music you want to listen to. And that's one of the great things about the Internet. You can just find all kinds of music. It's the main stuff, you know, the big, big deal stuff that you hear and that, you know, they're, they're winning Grammys for and stuff like that. Except for once in a while, somebody like Bonnie Raitt comes along and wins another Grammy. That's right. I mean, I get, I get, I get but so yeah, tired the, of hearing. I get so tired of hearing the auto-tuned stuff and the oh heavily produced yes. electronic. And there's like, there's just very little yes. human soul left in music. Exactly. You, you all released an album titled Weeds in 1969, which included some mm-hmm. session greats such as Nick Ravenitis, Mike Bloomfield, Nicky Hopkins. It's even got a cool version of All Along the Watchtower. You can really hear the kind of Grateful Dead Jefferson Airplane San Francisco sound in the instrument, instrumentation and the group harmonies on the verse. The album Weeds, what was that about? Well, Tom and I left L.A. in 1968 after our first album. By the way, our first album, Down in L.A., is finally on CD all these years later. A company in the U.K. got the rights to it a few years ago and put it on CD, and you can get it on Amazon. What's and the title of that? it holds up, i got to say. What's the title? Down in L.A. On oh, that's Down right. in L.A. It's on A&M Records. And dig this. It was one of the very first stereophonic LPs ever released. That kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> stereo was high tech. It even said so on the cover. They were promoting it in stereophonic sound. John Denver told me one time many years ago that he used to use that album to demonstrate stereo to people. They'd sit around and pass a bowl and put on headphones because we really utilized it. We made things go back and forth and everything. And uh, it really holds up. Well, for one reason, aside from I think we had some really good songs, uh, the musicians on it were, it was the Wrecking Crew. And we were so naive at the time. We knew they were all really good, but we didn't know about the Wrecking Crew. Of course, the Wrecking Crew were the guys played on everybody's records and hits in the 60s, including Leon Russell. We recorded half of it at his home studio, and he played all the keyboard on it. And it comes with a 12-page pamphlet telling all about the recording of it with pictures of the musicians and everything. It's pretty cool. But anyway, to get back to your question about Weeds, that was our second album. We left L.A. because we were just fed up living out there. We did it the hard way. We decided to take our chances and move back to the heartland. And in those days, if you didn't 
record, if you didn't live in San Francisco, L.A., Nashville, or New York, that you weren't really considered in the business, as opposed to today, where you can, you know, phone in your part from your living room or your bedroom, some if you want to. But anyway, Weeds was very much a reflection of the times, and moving back to the heartland, that's why it had a much more rural kind of a thing about a lot of the songs. And in fact, the B-side, as I recall, is almost... The whole B-side is a medley of songs. It's kind of one connected to the other. And it had ended with it, with this great peyote chant called Witchy Taito. So it was just another reflection of the times in our personal lives, you know. where We started out in the folk scene in the 60s, and folk music traditionally has always been about social commentary. So Tom and I still, you know, try to write socially conscious songs you know we'll write love songs you, and you other guys still too. you guys but, you all still play you all still play together and write together we these do days? as a matter of fact yeah we don't go out nearly as often as we used to because it just gets harder and harder especially if you have to fly but also years ago tom got into videography and got really good at it and he ended up working for the university of missouri of science and technology in rolla missouri where he lives we both live in the ozarks of southern missouri by the way and so that keeps him pretty busy they're always sending them off to places like Bolivia or the Amazon shooting videos for the university. But a couple of years ago, he actually retired, but you wouldn't know it because he still puts in a few days a week at the university doing things for them as well as his solo project. But we still go out. Yeah, we do shows. In fact, we're, we're going on a tour we've done about six times now to Alaska next month, which is always fun. And this is weird because every show is a fundraiser for state troopers and police. So every night on stage, I tell them, I say, you know, 40 years ago, we were afraid of you guys. And now here we are raising money for you. <laughs> and we have a T-shirt called Brewer, Brewer and Shipley, more tokes for old folks. And it's so bizarre selling those T-shirts to the cops and signing autographs and having our picture taken with uniformed police officers. It's pretty weird. Times, the times, the times they are changing. Change. Yep, man, yep. no kidding. You know, I have to confess that life I'm a... Goes, oh, go ahead, man. All, all things change and life goes on. Indeed, man. I got to confess that I'm a 57-year-old hippie. Even today, in 2016, my hair hangs past my ass. I live and breathe the, the counterculture. And it, it's starting to feel to me a little like 1965 again, minus the acid Dylan and Vietnam. You know, the 60s impacted yeah. our society so deeply, and I think the ripples are still moving today. Do you, Michael, think that we are on the verge of another kind of social political reckoning of some kind with, you know, I, Bernie I Sanders and do. Donald Trump and everything that's going on? Absolutely do. In fact, I've said it several times in recent months, watching the news every night with this crazy food fight, sixth grade food fight going on in the presidential race. It's starting to remind me of. 1968 all over again. In fact, the convention, I'm worried that it's going to be like 1968. I'm afraid there's going to be riots and stuff because people are just getting so nuts. And it's just, yes, it's kind of horrifying, actually. But I guess, you know, some changes have to come about the hard way, I guess. I don't know. But it's starting to remind me of the 60s again. Yes, it is. Michael, I've only got two minutes left. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm just such a huge fan of everything that you and Tom have done over the years. I'm going to get multiple tokes over the line immediately after this interview today. On behalf of everybody at Cannabis Radio, I just want to thank you for the great music and messaging this almost 50-odd years and beyond. How can folks find out more? 
Well, you can go to our website, brewerandshipley.com, and in fact, you can download a free song from our last CD, if you want to, MP3. You can find us all over the place on YouTube. Tom and I, we recorded for four or five labels, and we got screwed by all of them, so we decided to form our own company years ago and screw ourselves. So, so far, so good. We have a couple of independent CDs you can get on Amazon, I believe. Well, Michael Brewer, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it, and I hope you'll come play at Hempfest sometime. Well, you know what? We would love to play Hempfest. We've always wondered why we haven't been invited, because we're the one toke boys. We're going to have to talk about that. Thanks for being on the show, bro. You take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, I want to get a weekly feature here presented on Cannabis Radio. It's the quote of the week, and here it is. I became interested in folk music because I had to make it somehow. That was a guy named Bob Dylan. That concludes this installment of Hempersent on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank my power preachers in the control room, Hannah and Brasco. Join me next week for more cannabis confabulation and reef repartee with some hempy hero on a journey for justice because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy, and don't forget to email me at hempersent at gmail.com. The Hempersent theme song, Take Back the Plan, is performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.